When I think about great leaders, creatives, musicians, worship leaders, greatest influences in my life, I can't help but to think about the journeys that they had to go through. Like gold being refined in fire, I rarely see great leaders without a backstory or lessons that they've learned in their life that produce an opportunity to find greatness. If this is the first time we ever met, I'm John Mediana, and here at Divine Hustle, we are obsessed with helping churches clarify and communicate their message to reach more people in a digital, noisy world. So we oftentimes have guests on our show, and today is the conversation that I had with a great friend of mine. But before we dive into that conversation, I really want to give you a little bit of runway. If you don't already know, I'm a huge movie geek. I love the hero's journey. I love the storytelling and the character arcs from cinematography techniques to choosing the right colors for the set design to help shape the mood of the film. And this one awarding piece of film, uh, it's called Evan Almighty. It had a profound moment that stuck with me for a very long time. It was when Morgan Freeman, who played God, sat down with uh, Evan's wife and talked about opportunities. If someone prayed to to God for patience, would he give it to them or would God provide an opportunity to be patient? So on today's Divine Hustle podcast, we have a great longtime friend of mine and one of the most genuine and talented music directors, musicians, producers, and overall phenomenal human being I've ever met. So his name is Zach Rudolph. I feel like his story has been filled with many different opportunities and lessons that everyone can learn from. I hope this conversation inspires you to discover yourself in the clutter of life as we chat about his church upbringing, his journey to becoming the music director and basis of one of today's world-renowned artists, Andy Grammer, and how Zach's journey in both the church and the music industry has shaped his views on church culture in today's world. So let's go ahead and dive into the conversation, and I hope you get a lot out of this. This is the Divine Hustle Podcast, where we're obsessed with helping churches clarify and communicate their message to reach more people in this digital noisy world. This is the place where faith and strategy collide to create the greatest impact with your message. Welcome to the show. show. Today is very special because we're here 200 miles from headquarters to the beautiful town of Arcadia and the very studio 37 St. Joseph Studios Mm -hmm. with my guy. Zach Rudolph, this guy, <gasps> legend, man, longtime friend. Well, that he's a uh, right. That is that true. Is. We've known each other for like I don't know about the legend, but the longtime friend <laughs> part is that's spot on. That's spot on. But we're here, and my guy Zach is an MD, a music director. He's a producer. He is a bassist, phenomenal bassist, one of the best bassists on planet earth i'm telling y'all and uh, his project that he's working with right now is andy grammar you kind of might know him what, what kind of songs oh, man. we recognize i mean there's a lot I, I don't know i think the first one though it often makes him sound country which he's not is um if you just thought it's out but it's honey i'm good oh no honey i'm, I'm good. good i could have another but i probably should not yeah, that that was a pretty. He popped special. off with uh, "Gotta Keep Your Head Up," mm-hmm. right? You can let your head. Yeah. Dude, every job. time I work, at, I walk into like a Ross or a Target. Still playing. It's still playing. It's incredible. To this day, he's, I'm he's just such like, a good songwriter. what is going on? That's such a good song. That's Andy. And yeah, and lately he's at um, which is doing really well internationally, actually, including the um, Philippines and Indonesia. Um, Real. Don't give up on me. So okay. Don't give up on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it was in a movie. Yeah. It's a good one. Bro, we've been trying to plan this 
podcast for a long time now, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And now the everything kind of lined up, so we get to have you in your studio. Thanks again for having us in your studio. Pleasure. Taking it remote. Pleasure. You know? And uh, so we definitely want to dive in to this podcast and uh, talk about kind of like where you're at now, what what it took to get to where you're at professionally in the field that you're in as a music director, as a producer, as a musician. Man, you've been in in it all your life, Mm. you know, ever since I've met you, Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you've just been so passionate about it. It's been your full time kind of pursuit. Mm And I never actually seen you without a bass. Hmm. Like, you know, if if you weren't with playing music, you're in some third world country, <laughs> like building building homes, you know, and right, stuff like right, that in right. the in the mud and stuff. Yeah. So like, you know, I so that. yeah, I miss that too. Mission life, man. So tell us about the journey and 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 how it's been, man. Man, yeah, I, we were talking earlier, but I I feel like it is um, a hobby that just. It's luck. You get lucky. Yeah. I mean, lucky's not very divine. It's not very divine hustle of me. <laughs> but there is definitely like just some real luck involved. Now nah, I'm a big proponent of it. Luck comes because you're doing the work. Like yeah. there's a bit of a there's a bit of a universe. There's a vibe. There's something there that says like, oh, you're working. I see you. I'm gonna yeah. give you throw some luck your way. But it doesn't mean you're gonna always land the luck. Right. You know right, I mean? right. But I'll throw it your way. Because um, I just feel like. I mean, it is it's a hobby and I didn't really have any I was learning and played a lot of music as a kid learning from my dad my dad is the backbone behind a lot of the musical genius in my family I don't know if I say genius but a lot of the music in my family my yeah, brother yeah. plays drums oh, no, plays, your whole uh, family's genius bro. plays piano and so uh, but he never not intentionally but he didn't really encourage it as a he encouraged us to play for sure but there was never an encouragement to like this is a career and I didn't know anybody who was actually making a career doing it. I knew people, a lot of people playing in churches. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know anybody actually doing a career. So even when I went to college to do music, uh, I still didn't know that that was the career thing. I, I was right. just, I honestly didn't think that that well about how am I going to make money right. as a kid. I never really did. I know some people, some people are more into like, oh, I'm going to hustle my little side business, lemonade I mean, stand or yeah, whatever. Yeah, a lot of people think of like, okay, this is a good avenue to, to make money. Like, that's the career choices that they mm-hmm. make. You know, people mm-hmm. become nurses and doctors and lawyers because of the money. Yeah. And as you're going up, it seems oh, I like. I hustled all kinds of jobs. That, I just was like, oh, I, you just do whatever job you can do. Yeah. I saw my dad do the same thing. Um, he would just work wherever he could work, but he played music on the side. So I kind of just did that too. But then when you had to pick something for college, I was like, well, I have a random skill in this from that job and a random skill, but the skill I have the most is music. Yeah. Bass specifically. Yeah. So um, still not exactly thinking that it was the career. It was just like, you got to pick something in college, so I'm going to pick music. Right. So that's that's how that became my thing. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I was, actually right before, that's, this helped me catapult me into choosing music as my as my major in, in college was I was 17 and there was an evangelist you know how that goes coming through mm-hmm. town yeah. she um, and I got to get up and play with her she liked to flow in the spirit just like vibe with stuff you know yeah, and that's yeah. always kind of fun and you have to be a certain type of musician for those who know you can't just be playing like the same thing you just right. gotta flow it roll the punches right and um, a lot of gospel church that's kind of how it goes anyway so yeah. she liked it and she's like man I got a show or not a show I have a have a service thing yeah. going down in um, New York, and I was only seventeen, I think. Dang. And 
I had actually just bought that bass that's sitting on the wall. And with all my money from being a busboy, yeah. all the money I could muster up, you know, I, I, everything we had, we, I had to get it myself, which was, which was fine. But um, she invited me to tr get on a plane and like go and pay me to that go was like your somewhere. First gig? Yeah, that oh, was like my see. first uh, leaving town gig yeah. and playing. And even even still, there was no town gigs where I grew up. It was such a small town. It wasn't even like the idea of hustling or bus busking on the street wasn't even a real thing. Wow. Uh, so this was like a first gig that I did. I went and had fun. I was in New York. I was like checking out the scene and the lights yeah. and I was getting paid. And um, That's what kind of led me go like, oh, maybe this is a career. I, I don't know. Let's let's pick that as my major. Yeah. And that's how that started. Um, mm -hmm. When I got out of college, um, I really still, it was funny. I was between, I've always liked being athletic. Yeah. So it was just, kind of a detour but it definitely applies to how my life uh is now is I, I like being athletic so i would when i got to college a lot of the people i was hanging out with were athletes and uh one of my some of my best friends were decathletes and stuff like that so i got into fitness yeah in fact my my side hustle while i was still trying to do music was being a personal trainer i just yeah. kind of jumped into that as like a junior in college i think at the yeah. local gym so um i look back at that now and i'm like dang i don't know if that was the right the right choice but i didn't know either i didn't know and again i still didn't have any real mentors in music that i knew that were making money so right. it's like you just make money wherever you can that's like yeah. the, the way i'm i would th you probably think i'm jamaican i had so many different jobs <laughs> you know, i did so many things i worked from, from starbucks <laughs> to jamba juice to like a sweatshop yeah. to you just man, jump us well you just whatever. whatever whatever you could take whatever right like you're you're a physical trainer oh yeah yeah right? so, so i was doing the, the training thing and I I kind of think that that might have been a crutch for me a little bit because gotcha. I was pretty good at it. I was yeah. pretty physically fit. My yeah. dad's really physically fit. Well, I remember. So when I, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I'm pretty sure I made him work out and, and puke <laughs> probably once or twice. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I bit, well, I was done with school, but I already kind of now was actually making money being a personal trainer. Yeah. And uh, some piece of encouragement I'd give to anybody who's on the teetering the line of like, do I try to my creative outlet or do I just maintain my Starbucks gig or whatever yeah. is like holding down the, the check? There is a thin line because some schools of thought would be like, no, have your job and then work on your side hustle and yeah. do your thing. And, uh, and I agree to that, but then there's some tipping point that needs to happen. And my tipping point lasted way too long. Like I, I was sitting there like yeah, holding, holding, the, it. holding it over and then it really yeah. dump it out. And, and a lot of it was fear and okay uh, i was i was just gonna follow that up with the with what why do you think it took you so long to go all in to yeah. what you wanted to do and what was going on at in that time yeah like so how long was the length and then what was the thing that pushed you over yeah yeah that's a, yeah that's it was too long i look back now and i'm like dang I feel like everybody does it as they get older they're like i wasted years yeah. you know Folded i mean there's, there's people the right now that feel like you know, they they might feel like that tipping point. Maybe yeah. the, they're not going all in because of that fear, and mm -hmm. they're like thirty five years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Some some people I met they're like forty, and they're like, yeah, I don't know, yeah, yeah. And um, so for me, it was, I was pretty good at what I was doing. So I thought maybe maybe this is what I was supposed to be doing. But I also wasn't feeling like um, what I found out later was the feeling you get from creativity is the feeling of uh, fulfilled. Yeah. You know what I mean, whether it makes you money or don't, mm -hmm. just completing some project or painting something or whatever, and you're done, and you're like, that was fulfilling, and that yeah. that is, you know scratches that itch in your heart. Uh, so training wasn't doing that, although I enjoyed it and I happened to be good at it. That was a crutch because mm -hmm. I was good at it. People wanted to train with me, and like I right. had regular clients. And, yeah. But it started. The tipping point was when 
um, I got out of school and uh, what got me to where I'm at now was I was um, just kind of doing the boogie where you play with a lot of singer songwriters around town, mm -hmm. which is a great way to just get. And a lot of those people may even been at your college and they're like, yeah. I do my own stuff now. And I got yeah. a little show at Hotel Cafe, you know, yep. a local popular spot in L.A. And and you start doing that around and just and, and uh, the problem came when I had that 6 a.m. client and oh. I had that 11 o'clock gig. Oh, in Hollywood, yeah. you know what I mean, and I'm out here, and uh, yep. so that started starting to, and I just got married too, um, around the same right time of growth, and uh, even my wife was encouraging me, like, no, you probably should stop or make a choice or pick one, and I was always like, well, not that much money in that one, and now that I'm married, I have got to at least provide something consistently, yeah. you know. So there was, there was a lot of factors. Um, it ultimately comes down to think fear and lack of like believing I even had anything to really wow. offer you yeah. know and, and not seeing anybody else doing it as a career like yeah. taking that chance so I, I hope that encourages somebody to be like yo people are making money doing music or even just playing bass you know right. and it is crazy because there's uh, the competition is so high and I knew that and yeah. uh, there's a bit of me which I see in my son now which is like I don't want to jump in unless I know I'm going to do all right Right. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of, a lot of people a are lot like that, of, The majority of people are like that. They're like, yeah. well, is it going to be successful? But then there's a percentage okay. of people, which I admire, who are just like, no Fs given. They're yeah. like, I'm just going to go for it. Who cares what people say? Yeah. All that, all that stuff that they, that you're taught and that you read about, you know? Man, yeah. I didn't have that. I'm still, man, I'm, I feel like I'm just starting to get a little bit of that, you know, as a part of my DNA. Yeah, it which, which I'm shocked because I, watching you for such a long time, man, like when you walk into a room, it's just confident. Yeah. It's just like you, you are the life of the party. <laughs> no, part, no, part of it is sincere. Uh, yeah. Sincerely my, my DNA, but I think, um, yeah, when I'm not paying attention to it, that shows. Yeah. Uh, when, but a lot of it too, I've also was like the fake it till you make it thing. That's part of my. I feel like well, that's I mean, a growing lot of up in reality. LA, yeah, you, yeah. you recognize a lot of people are playing the fake it to make it, yeah, kind of yeah. kind of game yeah. out there, like in this industry, in the music industry, in the film industry. Yeah. It's like, man, the crazy part is, I feel like I was doing that, but then people would would come across like, no, wow, Zach, you're real, your realness is showing and shining yeah. through, and I'm like, we've seen the same guy, yeah. You know, I, that's also, mirror, I don't see that guy. That's also a part of like uh, what they call like the imposter syndrome, right? Mm, the the mm -hmm, imposter mm -hmm. syndrome is feeling like you don't deserve this. Right. Like you, you're actually fake and phony mm -hmm. and that you haven't put in the time. Like your value doesn't, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And then when people say like, no, Zach, like you're amazing. You're a legend. <laughs> and you're like, no, no. Right, like right. that's that imposter syndrome kicking in almost like, man, I don't think I. Yeah. You know, finding a finding a. Uh, being confident with not even confident just being like okay with where you're at and being like somebody needs me yeah you know? and so i've learned that a lot through andy actually so um to, to i digress back to where to answer your question of once i got over those fears and like tipped the yeah. bucket basically there was a couple of artists it wasn't andy actually it was another artist who what did it for me was like hey i got a tour this guy's like i got a tour in brazil it's a month or um something like that and then some other things happening and nothing Cause that's when it gets past a week, you got to tell your job like, I ain't coming back. Yeah, you know, like it's like a do or die here, you know. So when it gets past it's, a week or that, two, that reminds me. Side note is, uh, remember Michael? Uh, wasn't it the comedian? Michael, Michael. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black dude. Yeah, uh, 
He goes like he's talking about his job at the gas station. He's like, they wanted me to put in a two weeks notice. I was like, yo, in two weeks, you're gonna notice I haven't been here for two weeks. <laughs> oh man, that bitch is funny. Yeah. Oh, two weeks you're gonna notice I haven't been here for two weeks. That's good. But like you're oh, talking man, about like I, like, like if you're on a month long tour or yeah. taking on a gig like that, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. That's kind of like but I had my I think my wife helped me tip over too though because she would be she was the one you know she's bet which is cool she's better at me and, and my weaknesses which is great in every way she's possible v- Diana shout out yeah, 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 yeah. She's better than me in all ways possible MVP um, <laughs> she she de- she grew up in a different way where she was she grew up with a like be all you can be attitude like reach for the stars be the first female yeah. president like yeah. that thing and my my growing up was more of just um, be content, like don't rock the boat too hard. Mm. Not not don't rock the boat too hard. Um, be content. Don't uh, don't dream too big. Don't dream. Not just don't dream. I don't know, man. There's a lot of actually weird old religious stuff in there yeah. that that I'm shaking off now. For instance, there's a bit of like, if you do too much, that's prideful. Right. If you become too cool, that's prideful. Right. And what does humble the Bible yourself. want you to do is to be humble. Yeah. So there was this constant conflict in me because as an entertainer as a musician as people saying like oh you're good at this wow when you play on stage you shine and i'm like uh-oh uh-uh like, uh, yeah uh-oh so let's i want to dive into that yeah. mentality because what where is that point where you're like i'm i'm here my job is to entertain and, mm-hmm. and make people happy mm-hmm. with music and like what i'm really passionate about mm-hmm. and then where's the fine line of like the thing that we grew up with, like, you got to be humble. You're, mm-hmm. you're bragging too much. People, you know, mm-hmm. people are saying this. People say it's like, yeah. what is your perspective now yeah. looking back at your upbringing? And what yeah. would you do different? Or what, what what's the future look like when, you know, having grown up in that? Yeah. That, what, there's nothing I can do different now because it is what it is. But I, I think that I will teach my kids or encourage my kids differently than how I was encouraged. Mm. Cause I definitely feel that it was, that is a bit of a, it was a hindrance for me. Cause I, I constantly was just trying to be the good boy, of course, and make parents happy and, you know, follow the rules of the church and everything. But I felt constant conflict of going, cause my father was a musician as well. And yeah. he actually was the type uh, where when he came to know, understand things of God and he went the other way, he likes literally smashed the records outside oh, yeah. in the backyard Bird, you know every thing. album uh, like, side story I think my brother would agree too me, me and my brother is probably one of our favorite bands of all time is Earth, Wind and Fire oh, because yeah. my dad went to go smash all these records and me and my brother snatched this one and put it under our bed oh. and when he'd go to work we'd throw it on the record player and play wow. it and play it and play it and wear it out yeah. and uh, that's that's at least how I remember the story and that's why I still today that's my favorite band uh, because of that do but you remember get it come on John sing sing so that. <laughs> oh man. So that's that's how that was. But I feel like it definitely made me like uh, cautious. I, it it changed for me when I went to college, because I remember, I, you know, you just do what your parents say. Sure. Like this is the right thing to do. Secular versus sacred. That was a big deal. You know, yeah. where I grew up, and yeah. a lot of people where they yeah. grew up was like, you don't listen to secular music. It's only this and and again part of their religious baggage, which I don't. Um, adhere to now or believe in now is uh, 
I remember that a little bit of a fear factor was if I was in my, my wife and I talk about this because it was like this for her bringing, uh, bringing too, but if you're driving in your Honda, you're right driving down the road, you're 17 years old, you're bumping Dr. Dre because that was what's up back yeah. then, you know what I mean? Oh man, 2001, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the chronic. Rolling down the street, smoking <laughs> in. Okay, so I remember on, on the, the understanding that like, yo, if, if Jesus comes back right now oh, in this moment man. while I'm listening to this music, I'm going to hell. That was the gist of like how I was taught about yeah. you know sin in that relationship wow. to that and that that really uh, I look back now and I'm like oh that messed me up dang <laughs> I think really it's messed, messed a, lot me up. Of, a lot of people up <laughs> messed a lot of people up I don't think they until you do some soul searching some therapy you know you just don't dig into that stuff but yeah. I've been digging into it lately and going like you know what that's been that really stuck with me because I feel like I wanted to please my dad you know yeah. of course so I go to school because my dad wanted me to do music and right. I was learning that from him but there was a real issue where like I remember my freshman year when I'm at this Christian school too so my dad was excited because yeah. I was doing music Christian mm -hmm. whatever that meant mm -hmm. and uh, one of my teachers introduced um, and my brother and I would go and try to play stuff off the radio when dad was, wasn't around you yeah, know we'd even course, turn the yeah. dial back when there was tuners mm -hmm. We, we had a mark. My dad had it marked on KJLH. I think it was a Jesus oh, channel. And so the, the pin had to stay there. Yeah. But he would go to work and we'd be like, flip into the hip-hop yeah. station. And, and me and my brother uh, would be yeah. in. Mm -hmm. And we'd have a little sister on lookout out the window like, Dad's coming. <laughs> Flipping back. We all so, had a system. Uh, yeah, we had a system. It's like when you have five kids, you, you had right. somebody for every corner of the house. Right. But I, I think that... I went to college and I'm. And I remember it was specifically Miles Davis, specifically Miles, the Oof. kind of blues album from Miles yeah. Davis that somebody encouraged me to listen to and learn from. Even the fact of um, learning from secular stuff wasn't really cool in my house because, right. ideally, it would be coming all from a Christian source. Like we mm. don't really know the intent of this person's heart sure. when they made this music, right? So yeah. is it glorifying Satan or is uh, this box sweet? Right. You know, who is it? You know, just trying to create that separation and that I don't really, I don't really buy anymore. Right. But I remember that really messing me up as a freshman because I, I started having this internal conflict of like, wait a minute. I specifically remember one of those songs. I can't remember off that album, but like I had a spiritual moment. I was listening to the song and I was like, whoo, like I felt yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Do I feel the presence of God <laughs> right now? Like this can't be. You know, secular music. This, this is yeah. This 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 is not how this is not how it goes. It's not how it's supposed to happen. You right. know, and that really turned me turned me around to thinking like, wait a minute, was my is my dad wrong? And and me and him actually we really, we really got into it one time. I'm uh, talking about this, mm. and I'm like, hey dad, I'm in school. I'm, I feel like my relationship with God is still a okay, and yeah. I'm learning. I could even share it with him, which no. is actually a bit of a breakdown now with our with our musical. Um, relationship is like yeah. I feel like I can't relate to him now and all these things I would be like I wanted to share like dad I was playing this Miles Davis thing and I learned about Dorian Scales yeah. from so what you know and it was so cool and blah 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 and, and um yeah so that stuck with me all the way um up until man even the artists I was going to play with what helped break me off from the tipping point of my yeah. um training was that the artist I was going to go work with was a Christian yeah. he happened to be a Christian artist okay. super chill dude um, and it was going to be some stuff in Brazil, and it was going to be international. And my wife was like, "Do it!" And I was like, "Well, and he's a Christian artist, so I still had that in my yeah, yeah. in my system." And so that did it, though. I I went, had to quit the training thing. Yeah, had let all so the clients go, let and let my. Let me ask get. this: like, now you're looking back, and you're like, "Man, that really messed me up." What do you believe now? Like being a musician, mm -hmm. but like coming from that religious kind of background, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
right mm-hmm. and like what you're teaching your kids now being a dad of three yeah right like wh- what is it that that you're living out now when it when it comes to like okay oh definitely well i've i've figured it out over time that i don't even remember thinking like okay well once my dad once i got this gig with andy grammar i'm like my dad one of the first things he said was like oh does andy grammar know the lord i'm like i don't know dad I don't know. Uh, I don't have all the answers, and then, Dad. And then um, again, I I feel bad because I love my dad. But if he was, if he hears this, which he may, uh, <laughs> he'll be upset. But I, I he he still to this day asks me um, like, oh, praying for Andy, you know, that he like comes yeah. to Jesus, that kind of thing. And uh, I remember I I still think this. I'm like, man, not only Andy Grammer, but other artists I play with are great examples of healthy spirituality in my life yeah. that may not even know right. Jesus at all. And I, right. and I remember going like, wait, how is, how is that possible? So I, from now I, I really believe that, that that line, that blurred line of secular and, and um, sacred, and that's not even, it's not, it's not, real. It's not real for in me fact, anymore. Like, I never actually heard the term secular like outside of church. Mm. Like oh yeah nobody talks nobody says that no one says that it's like oh that's just music mm-hmm. like music is music whether it's, even secular fo- secular people who grew up more secular people people who grew up with outside the church don't even call they don't even separate it themselves they just say oh that's some music that comes out of a church but they don't even call it like yeah. they have our music and the church has their it, music it, yeah exactly it's just all music even it's to all, them right you know what I mean to like the normal non-Christian yeah. going person <laughs> exactly and it's like they could determine whether or not it's good or not. You know, and they're like, "Oh, I vibe with it." Yeah. Like you know, Kanye. Right. Right. He's dropping mad worship tracks, right. but just not too long ago, he's talking about bleaching some. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I don't know, like you know. Yeah. But like, how do you go from that to that? And like, how do you? I, I think because we're like we're human beings, and we really want to categorize everything to make things simple. Right. We're trying to like put mm-hmm. it in our framework, and I think that's just like us being really like, just okay, I have to categorize you as this. I have mm-hmm. to categorize this music as this. But recognize that there's so much, like, diversity in music. There's so well, much... Gray is a real color. That's, like, I remember thinking where I grew up uh, in the church that we're taught in is there's black and there's white. Yeah. And gray's not even questioned. But, no, gray's a color. Like, let's talk about the gray. Yeah. And I feel like that's um, one thing I'm learning in a book that I'm reading right now, How the Bible Actually Works, is really highly recommended, is, uh, is that... Not only is the gray a real thing, it's meant to be gray. So y'all have to talk about it and figure it out and work through it and yeah. deal with it and not just go, this is what it is, this is what it isn't. Um, what it's causing me to do in many areas of my life is go like, oh, Christian, being a Christian isn't just something you can just do, follow rules and just do what the church says yeah. and like follow black and follow white. It, the way the Bible was even laid out was intended to be wrestled with. Like, if you talk to some some OG Jews who are yeah. really about this, they're like, yeah, we know the Bible it says some crazy stuff sometimes. It's on purpose. It's so you have to, like, there's, in the book he talks about, in one chapter, between a few verses, is straight up contradictions. One says it this way, and then a few verses down says the exact opposite. On purpose. Wow. And that was, like, so this book has just blown my mind up and given me so much freedom to be like, no, it, it's intentional. The, the Bible's conversational. supposed to be conversational. That's how the wow. Jews interpreted it. They wrote it like that or they interpreted it that way on purpose. Yeah. Um, and Jews today, that's part of their dialogue is like wrestling with mm-hmm. thoughts and issues. And I think this, well, I think this. Yeah. Well, let's all still be 
Jesus followers. Yeah. You know, and uh, that didn't that didn't really fly with churches, especially the church I was at. Yeah. And it still don't really fly with right with churches. So let me ask you this: being a man on a mission, like you're on assignment. Obviously, like you're a musician. You're you're you know in the profession in the industry. Mm-hmm. And seeing the people that we've grown up with, like the church mm-hmm. and like the church staff, the politics of all that stuff yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and whatnot, what what is like, if there is someone just like really stuck in, in like, well, this is church and this mm-hmm. is the way we've been doing it and this mm-hmm. is, and what is the mission uh, for us as the church for unbelievers, for mm-hmm. people, non-believers, unbelievers, believers, whatever. Mm-hmm. What do you feel the mission is for for us? Mm. That yeah, I'm not as much as a like. The Great Commission should really be, like, it should be your life. It should be lived out. I've seen so much better versions of Jesus and people that I come to know, and I'm like, oh, you don't even, you're not even a Christian. Yeah. Oh, you don't even, you don't even know, you don't even heard of the Bible. Like, right. what? How, you know? They're living the life. Like. They're living the life, right? And it, it should be, it should, I want to go into somewhere, my friend said this recently, I want to go somewhere and people have to get to know me a little bit, it takes two or three times, and then they're like, dang, daddy would act like Jesus. Who do you think he is? Yeah. Like, that'd be incredible, right? Right, right, right. If it was like that, where people yeah. were like, man, who's that dude think he is? He tries to act like Jesus? Like, <laughs> like yeah. that's how our, our, our light should be, our, our uh, witness should be. Sure. Because yeah. uh, there is too many that's too many questions the other, the other way. Yeah. No, for real. And that, that's, a, that's a great way of putting it. Another question I was going to ask, because you've been with Andy for a while, mm-hmm. been on tour. Mm-hmm. How do you wrestle, like, being a man of faith and being married with mm-hmm. kids and tour life and everything that comes with that? Yeah. How do you... How do you I don't want to say balance, because yeah, balance yeah. is like a ter- terrible word. <laughs> Right, but how do you? It's not balance. It's just like keep your head above water. It's float. It's like stay alive. It's not. Yeah. Even, it's so not even can, can you kind of describe like what tour life is like and how you as like you yeah. know, a solid. I mean, yeah. I like, mean, this is my. I mean, I've toured with quite a few different people now, and everybody's, even every artist is different. Every situation is different. It can, yeah. Um, I'm just really lucky right now with the current artist that I'm working with. It's, it's a peaceful situation and it comes from the top down it's like with any business you know if the person in charge is like has these moral has a moral code and has has uh, expectations for the team yeah then it's gonna be it's gonna pass down so i've been really lucky and i know that's been a benefit for my wife too for her she knows everybody who i'm involved with you Mm -hmm. know she knows their name she got their phone numbers yeah you know that really really helps you can't get away with murder when everybody (laughs) knows your wife Right. Yep. Uh, like, I'm gonna call your wife. They're kind of like, <laughs> so so that's good, and I feel blessed that that's been that way for this long. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of people who uh, have to jump around, and that is what it is, or have to, you know, sure. work on different things. Yeah. Um. But I've been really lucky to be with him for this long, that it is extremely safe environment, and um, a lot of it is because that's the people he's picked me, and he trusts my leadership to pick other good people you know mm-hmm. as part of the music directing thing is is picking the band and helping make the band happen so he doesn't have to think about right. that as much and so i've been i've been able to actually navigate and direct where or help alongside andy direct where that goes you know yeah. pick the right people to keep the vibe right right it's really important that's so important but then there's, i've been on other gigs too though where there's literally cocaine on the table yeah. So it just yeah. everybody's situation is different. Yeah. So you're gonna have to deal with differently. So um, I do feel that I'm in a 
safer place than most. But man, just like anything in life, it, it you know, evil knows the the dark side knows yeah. your, your dark side. You know, right. you know so. Uh, I, that's another thing too. I got a lot going into entertainment. Was like, how are you gonna be? Uh, how are you gonna? You know, even my my dad. I think though he really wanted me to do music, he was kind of concerned, like most churches are. Sure. We're like, are you sure you want to do entertainment? Like, you're gonna move to L.A. I was the first one to come to L.A. Wow, you come to L.A. You know, um, and I was concerned about that yeah. too. It's like, like, are you gonna know. move to Vegas? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go to Vegas. Yeah, I was concerned about that too, sincerely, but. Uh, I started learning that like, hey, I got this one gig and like this person was kind of crazy, had her booty all out, but I then it, I stayed on my path. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, oh wait, I'm still, I'm still good. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I'm, so like, okay, so there, there there might be musicians or like even artists or even creatives that want their big break. Like you know, as an artist, you're like, man, just when my big break comes, that's kind of like what you look forward to as a musician. That's why a lot of writers and musicians are like trying to write the next big hit. Right. And like, what what happens when, like, they they try to get in that big break, they get it, but it, it doesn't really line up with kind of like who they are as a person. Yeah. No, you definitely got to have your boundaries. That's part of what I was gonna say too about how this works. Is like, you you, there's no. Don't feel any shame in going like this is who what I'm gonna stand for. Yeah. I'm standing for that, you know. In fact, that's a great witness. Is just like you know what some things I won't be into. Yeah. You know, for instance, I uh, some other friends on another tour, no names necessary, but I I remember go- them going like every evening. This is what they do. They all go to the strip club. The whole band like goes to the strip club. We like find the local strip club in Jacksonville, Florida, or wherever we are. And I'm like, oh man, Florida, wow. I cannot. <laughs> Uh, so I, that's what I'm, I'd have to say like okay if I got asked to be a part of their thing yeah. is that something that I'm either going to be willing to fight is it something you're willing to fight if you're willing to fight it fight it yeah. cool I'm not going to tell you you can and I think the church shouldn't tell us as entertainment or creatives that you can or cannot right. do certain entertainment I just think you need to know you yeah. and like if I, if you can feel like you can fight it and you have another thing cool but if, if you feel like hey that's going to be an issue for me I might have some temptation problems there right then that's when you need to be like, that's a line, but you have to have thought that through ahead of time, right. which is the encouragement I would give is like, I kind of stumbled into my lines, kind of mm-hmm. stumbled into my boundaries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say Simple, like, like an easy way of saying like, whoops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I stumbled upon like, oh, I should have, I should have stopped back there. You know, yeah. I fall over and you're like, oh, it's oh. because I should have not stepped off the curb. Actually, yeah, yeah. I should have stayed on the curb back back there. Yeah. So now I know where the curb is. You right. know. But um, yeah, that's that uh, that's something you just got to decide for yourself. Know your boundaries and then try to you know yeah. lay them out and stick to them. So if that gig is not the one that you, for, it's going to work for you, then you might have to just kindly say you know no or whatever. Yeah. If you want me to paint that? You're like, eh, I have my things and right. sorry, that's not one of them. You had touched on something and um, uh, talking about creativity and the church like i I really wanted to pick your brain about your thoughts on the creativity and and church and how Mm -hmm. that stuff like you know whether you're a musician whether Mm -hmm. you're an artist whether you're a creative in a church like everyone's creative right whether you're an admin person you're creatively solving problem solving numbers and all that stuff sweet flyers right (laughs) (laughs) and like but if you're a creative in the church a lot of a lot of us tend to want to um 
I don't know, just play within the lines. And mm-hmm. I, I remember back in the day, and I, I remember, I think we were at a conference and it was at the cause one, one year. Yeah. And the guest speaker had said, it was Erwin McManus. Uh-huh. And he had like said, it. man, years ago when this whole church thing blew up, they took the 10 great, greatest musicians in the world and they said, all right, we're going to lead you to Christ and then you're going to create Christian songs. Uh-huh. Like, you're going to write Christian songs. Mm. And then that was like the worst thing that the church could have done because if they had just took in the 10 greatest writers in the world and and like artists in the world and was like, hey, just create Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whatever comes out of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure it'll be dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I remember this just like stuck in my head, like for the past 10 years. Right. Talking about creativity. It's like, what would we do if we just had no boundaries? But It's a change in mindset. Like for me, it was a change in mindset of like all things are worship, can be worship. It's just your intent. Yeah. You know, it gets a little spiritual and, and mindfulness practices, but it's really the intent. Um, and sometimes it's even, it, actually, I take that back. Sometimes it's not the intent of the person to do it. But because God's got his hand on everything, the yeah. good, the bad, the ugly, there's some ugly songs that make me go like, oh man, yeah, that makes me think about this person who's going through that dark, similar dark thing wow. that this song just talking about, you know. In fact, I just somebody recently, a friend of mine, talked Britney Spears, "Toxic" by Britney Spears. <laughs> what? It was done in this. It was done to a a, a little short film okay. of like overdosing, and it was wow. done in this creepy. You know that I'm toxic. It was like yeah. creepy. Some and, minor chords up in there. Yeah, it was okay. it was dark and and spooky, and I was like, oh wait, this is Britney Spears, you know. Yeah. But it got me, and it made me it made me think. My point is, if it does this for you, if it makes you go like, oh, that reminds me of my friend who I should probably call, or actually my cousin, and call and say like, dang, how's he doing? He was in a rehab, like blah, 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 blah. Like, what's more Jesus? Me making that phone call, checking in with him, or or me listening to, I don't know, Hillsong. Like, right. I, I uh, there's, that's when, when those things start to happen. Yeah. I, you can't deny it for me. Now, those things started happening in college with Miles Davis and with a yeah. few other things at different moments, even just nature. I remember I did this crazy hike that I'd never been like that deep into the mountains and just like sitting and just really connecting with like how God is everywhere. Yeah. It was bonkers. It was like when I was taught so long that it's only in things that are obviously right. stamped, right, right, right. approved by God. <laughs> right? Actually, uh, doesn't that like just blow your mind? Like to think about like the upbringing that you had and the mentality mm-hmm. that you used to have. Mm-hmm. And now when you're exploring and you're like, you know, getting a little older, coming a little wiser, and you're having these moments in life where you're yeah. sitting in the middle of nature. Yeah. And you and feel stupid. You're like, why did I, why did it take me so long to get this? Right. I mean, doesn't it just like blow your mind? Yeah. Like to be like, wow, like maybe he, he was like, don't take it too serious. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. And I feel like it's very um, human of us. And very like domineering to be like these are things you need to stick to and rules and like it's crazy because some of that in our culture and society is very important. Yeah, like there's got to be some rules to the stop lights so everybody just don't go on the green, like sure, yeah. shoot off on the reds. Like it has to be. So we carry that into our religious and how and our reading of the Bible. We carry that same humanness, and mm-hmm. that's hard to separate. So I have I have like no hate for my dad. I have no hate for the right. church. I have no hate for nobody or any of that. All right. Well, I, I think. I mean, just like your dad, my parents, like, they came from a very traditional background, like, you know, church background. And, like, you know, I grew up having to to recite the Ten Commandments every night, you know, or, like, whatever. 
And like, look how I turned out. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what, what, like, obviously there's a place, but it's, it, it feels like it's a place of fear. Like, you know, of like, oh, you're going to go into something or like do something or like, you know, fear of going to hell or, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, are you really saved? Like right. those questions other than like, all right, just building this relationship with Jesus and just mm-hmm. like living it out. And mm-hmm. like, obviously the grace thing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like living in that grace. But when it comes to that stuff, like are there boundaries? Are there things that people need to be aware of right. when they're like, how much grace and, you know, tradition and yeah. all this stuff? Like, is there a line or is it all just covered in grace and you can do what you want? Oh, no, and, of course not. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's like that because, again, just like the, you know, all the cars would crash if there wasn't. But then there's times where like, it's a red light. It's happened the other day. Red light and nobody's around and the lights just stupid lights not changing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I go. <laughs> I'm like I'm not being here. I can sit here all day. I can sit here. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, yeah. Again, uh, to me, um, I know I'm not quoting it right, but C.S. Lewis to some degree said, talks about like, the best, some of the best things you can do for for church and for the folks mm-hmm. and for yourself. Uh, I mean and for your witness is to know yourself better like gotcha. to really get to know yourself yeah. if you know yourself then you'll know your boundaries mm. you'll know what you have grace for and sure. what you don't you know and then just be always flexible to know yourself yeah. and, and like peeling another layer of the onion of your skin uh, uh, yeah. peeling it back and the sooner you get into that I think that starts to happen naturally in your 30s yeah. like naturally it just starts to come into it right, right? well you, you start got, you start asking yourself why am I doing this man mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. am I at this job yeah why yeah, am I yeah, yeah, you yeah. start when you start asking those questions you'll be surprised mm-hmm. the answers that that start coming up to right, surface right right right, right and right. then you start you know hopefully it happens earlier in, in your years than, than later because you could be 45 50 years yeah. old and be like why am I here? I hate my life. Which yeah. is no, which is great. To me, I'm like, I'm also happy for that person who's like, you know what? I had a lot of fear about this. Yeah. I'm finally over it. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Yeah, now, yeah. You know, because there's still like, there's still a piece of you just that fulfillment that yeah. is really something special. Yeah. Um, I feel that way now with working on songwriting and music production. It's kind of new to me. Sure. But I do feel fulfilled. So it's like, well, this may never make money. It may make money. Yeah. Uh, I hope it does. But. Yeah. I'm gonna do it, right? You know? Yeah, I love that. Hey, we're gonna wrap this podcast out. This episode, man, I really love this conversation that we've been having. Uh, I could go all day. You know, I feel like we've gone a little bit deeper and really like uncovered a lot of really gold, like a lot of gold nuggets yeah, here. Yeah. Um, the last question we want to leave you with is: yeah. I were to start today in pursuing greatness, mm-hmm. like pursuing that God-given greatness mm-hmm. in my life, like where? Where would I start? I man, it sounds I'm repeating myself, but um, get in, get into yourself, figure yourself out. The sooner you figure yourself out, the sooner you'll be better for everybody else. And then you're you're doing your you're in your lane, doing your thing, and being the best representation of Jesus for the world. You know what I mean? But it takes it takes you stepping back and be like, hey, is there some stuff I should work on? You know, and be like, maybe you know. Yeah. And. Um, and not being afraid to like do what you got to do. If you got to go to therapy, go to therapy. Yeah, I know that was like taboo when I grew up yeah. in churches too. You know. Oh man. If you need to go talk to somebody, go talk to somebody. If you need to go, I don't know, get to the gym, go to the gym. If you yeah. gotta, you know, just start with the little things. And um, I, I know I've, just for me, most of my healthy attributes have come from me stopping and going. Okay, let's work on yourself a little bit here. Mm. You know, and and then as a result. 
the career's gotten better or I'm doing what I wanted to do right. or, you know, then a door opens or, or so on and so forth. But yeah, that's my two cents, man. I, that's I, awesome. I feel like that's just how, I love that. it's, how it's gotta be. Yeah. It's just going back to self-awareness mm-hmm. and, and working it out in the little things mm-hmm. is really awesome, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast, yeah, bro. Dude. So where can we find you? Where, where can we find your work? What are you doing right now? Man, I'm trying to make it all cohesive and tight and easy so if you just go to zachrudolph.com yeah um r-u-d-u-l-p-h if you spell it wrong it'll redirect you so no yeah worries. and we'll put all his links and stuff in the, in the description but the, the instagram zach rudolph the yeah. um, twitter everything facebook's all yeah. zach rudolph um, awesome man yeah guys plug in andy grammar go follow them too yes incredible yeah incredible. honestly he's, he's a lot of um Shout out to him because he has been my boss slash friend for the last yeah. 10, I think it was our 10th year. And so a lot of my growth in many ways yeah. is due to his great leadership. So yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you guys for tuning in to Divine Hustle. And if you're new to this show, please subscribe. Please like our stuff. Leave a comment. Leave a review. If you really enjoy this interview, check out divinehustle.com. There's tons of stuff on our website where we got blogs, articles, past interviews past episodes and more stuff to to provide you to help your resource to grow in your god-given greatness and everything that you do my name is john mediana your host and follow us on divine hustle on instagram everywhere and follow me your host john mediana everywhere you can we'll catch you next time all right Thanks for hanging out till the end of the show. If you enjoyed and got something out of today's message, leave a review, share this content, and head over to divinehustle.com to join in on the conversation and be a part of the growing Divine Hustle community. Peace, love, and may God bless your hustle. Amen.